0: The Your Mark on the World show is made possible by our sponsors, including Gate Global Impact and Curtin McConkie.
1: Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World Show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and our guest today is Michael Savant, who is the uh, Executive Director of Commonwealth Group. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Devin. It's a pleasure to be here with you. We're excited to talk to you. You've got really an innovative, exciting idea for how to make uh, impact investing accessible to people in a who are not wealthy, right? That's the main thesis. To make this an accessible asset class for people who are not wealthy because traditionally impact in investing has been an opportunity for people to invest only if they are very wealthy. Correct. So tell us about your idea for how you're going to do this.
2: Well, let me first of all uh, back up just uh, a short distance here and say that Diane and and several other colleagues uh, had been working on the concept of uh, local economic development for a period of about five years exploring issues related to capital formation for small businesses, uh, banking for small businesses, um, know-how, et cetera. How do you essentially nurture and support small businesses um, at the local community level? Because they are the backbone of jobs within the country. They account, you know, 20 or fewer employee type size businesses account for over half of all the jobs in the country. And so we were looking at from 2008 forward, given the crisis, what can we do to try and create some s- systemic solutions to address that? And all along the way, how can we do this in a um, sustainable triple bottom line you know, fashion? So not just simply addressing the economic issues, but the social and environmental issues alongside that. So very much the uh, essence of the impact investment space, which I've been involved in in one form or another since the 90s. And um, uh, we happened to discover uh, about two years ago a very um, unknown concept um, that actually got its start clear back in Jimmy Carter's presidency. Um, And it was a concept that was pushed for by the venture capital community to um, uh, come up with an alternate way for them to be able to raise money primarily from the general public, as you were just describing a minute ago, rather than just deep pocket uh, investors, which has been you know, the mainstay of venture capital since its earliest days, late 50s, early 60s, etc. And so the, the term that's often been used to describe this concept that got created then is a, um, a means to democratize venture capital. And um, you can take that basic tool, and you can apply it um, in a wide spectrum of uh, solution sets for small businesses, of which we've adapted it to the impact investment type of goals and objectives. Um, the particular concept that was approved by Congress, signed into law by Jimmy Carter, Um, in literally 1980, 35 years ago, is a concept that um, is called a business development company or often referred to by the the initials BDCs. And um, I am comfortable in betting, Devin, that probably uh, less than 10% of the securities attorneys in this country um, know almost anything about BDCs. It's that unknown. And yet, it's actually um, a major segment within what's called the Investment Companies Act of 1940. It's the part that covers things like mutual funds and other things like that. And um, in it, what they came up with was a way to be able to democratize venture capital. Um, And um, one of the chief reasons why the venture capital community was doing this is they wanted to open themselves up to being able to bring in money from more sources than just the wealthy investors. Well, if you go back to when I said this started, 1980, that happened to be right at the very beginning of an explosive growth in the venture capital community. They went from about $3 billion a year under management in all venture capital firms to more than 10 times that in just the next decade from 1980 to 1990. As a consequence, they basically said, well, we don't need to pay attention to this BDC thing we created because we're being able to raise as much money as we wanted. But from the general public standpoint, that meant they were still going to the wealthy investors and not the general public. So even though the VCs pushed for that, they promptly forgot about it long before almost anybody else learned about it. So, you know, we happened to just serendipitously learn about it about, like I said, about two years ago and started looking into it and were absolutely amazed at what had been created and then left to, you know, lie fallow and nobody making use of it. There are a number of BDCs in existence today. In fact, there was only like three of them. In 2000, 20 years after they got created, there was a grand total of three of them in the whole country. That shows you how unknown the idea was. But then in the 2000s, they got discovered by the big financial firms on Wall Street, who viewed it as just another way to move a lot of more money because they're swimming in an ocean of money. And they started addressing the needs of Larger companies within the spectrum of what Congress had in mind originally, they originally had in mind early stage companies, startups, Main Street type businesses, et cetera, and the current crop of Wall Street BDCs um, are completely ignoring those folks, and yet all the mechanisms are there in place. So we spent the past two years um, adapting those concepts, building a a structure to be able to apply those um, long existing concepts and laws, which by the way, I would characterize the original legislation for those who are familiar with the JOBS Act and crowdfunding, is really the true first JOBS uh, Act in the country um, that uh, had elements about it that actually are vastly superior than the one that got passed under the Obama administration. Um, where we are today is actually with the two of them, they give us a much more complete set of tools to be able to work with to address the very community you're saying. And for the listeners who are not familiar with it, we had a watershed moment um, just last Friday where after three plus years. Okay. Okay. Michael, (laughs) let's
0: stay on topic here. Okay. Yes, right. (laughs) We're talking about your BDC model. So so you've come up with an idea to use BDCs for impact investing. Yes. Tell us about your model. Let's not get off on
2: crowdfunding. Well, the the key is that uh, let's start, first of all, by understanding what a BDC is according to that original legislation. Essentially, that um, uh, what the legislation enabled is being able to set up a corporation that could become a public company, just like any other company listed on Wall Street, which means that you, I, and anybody else can buy shares in the IPO, or after they are trading on the stock market, we can buy them. So that's that's the key part of it that creates the ability. So what the- are you doing at Commonwealth Capital? What's your plan? Okay. So what we've done is we've said, all right, that concept is applicable across the board. And we want to push and promote the idea of using BDCs to address the needs at Main Street and especially with impact investing objectives. Right, right, So So what are you going to do? So we (laughs) created our own BDC, Commonwealth Group, uh, the management company, formed our own BDC. And in particular, we formed it as the first BDC in the country that is also a benefit corporation. So starting to demonstrate the impact investment objectives, and we are going to require all of the companies that we support under that to either be benefit corporations themselves, or um, at minimum, they all have to be B-Lab certified corporations.
0: Fantastic. So, so you've got the, you've got the entity set up. So so have you raised any money yet
2: for the... We're just, uh, we're just now starting to release the whole concept and we're starting to work with investors to raise our initial seed funding. Um, and right behind that, we will do something that uh, is unique to BDCs. And that is you can take a very early stage company and actually apply to the SEC and do a public offering, which we're going to do as soon as we can get the approval allowing us then to apply that to these communities that we're focused on. One other key thing that we're doing, Devin, that's unique with our particular BDC that nobody else is doing is we're using it as a means to launch other BDCs that likewise would be pursuing this. Now, yeah. so, uh, for those who are familiar with the term fund of funds, our BDC would be a special fund of funds BDC that would incubate other BDCs under it till they're big enough to be able to go off on their own and be a public company separate as well. So just- now,
0: under the 40 Act, can a BDC raise money as a, essentially a blind pool? Is that or do you have to have some uh, portfolio companies
2: identified or are you prohibited from having identified? No, you, public you, companies? How does that work? You can start off um, with, as you call it, you know, um, a blank check or blind pool in a company that a raw startup BDC can legally and legitimately apply to the SEC to make a public offering as the first funds that they literally raise if they're capable of Mm -hmm. financing that process. And so, no, you do not have to have any companies identified ahead of time. Uh, Think of it like venture capital, a venture capital firm can't invest till it raises a pool of money. So
0: Yeah, so will you be uh, raising the money under the 40 Act initially
2: then? Will you will you take advantage of these provisions for your fund? Yes, we will. So we will be applying to do a, a public offering under the 40 Act that we will then take and divide it up, up among these smaller funds to help people to be able to start neighborhood funds or funds that are focused on renewable energy, you know, again, a whole spectrum of different sure, things sure. under that. The, the the sky is the limit. It's really a unique opportunity. One yes. of the
0: things that we see with BDcs, most BDcs are uh, structured to provide big dividends. They they, it, they the investors that are investing in them and the operators that are running BDcs, by and large, they have uh, big dividends, and so they're they're investing not equity. Generally, they're investing. Uh, in debt
2: securities. Is is that how you see your fund operating? Okay, we will be focused on what we call capital appreciation. So we do not wish to extract any profit and distribute that to the investors. We want to plow that back into local communities, local small businesses, etc. cetera. So there will not, not be any distribution, but it would be theoretically a fast growing public company where the value of your stock Keeps going up and up and up, and that's how investors get gain. If you think of Google taking off from nothing to being where it is, or Facebook, same concept can apply here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you'd you'd have a portfolio of these uh, social entrepreneurial social enterprises in in your fund, and then uh, they would increase in value, and that would increase the value of the fund. That's uh, right. uh, you know, kind of the. It's a, a startup version of a very traditional uh,
2: growth fund, munici- uh, you know, mutual yes. fund kind of thing, yeah. right? Focused on small business rather than public businesses,
0: right? Right. One
2: other key thing about Commonwealth Capital, which is the name of this BDC that we created, that I said is a public, ben- I mean, as a benefit corporation in the state of California is where we formed it. By applying for doing an IPO, then we become a public company as of today, there are no public benefit corporations in existence. And so this could very well be the first public benefit corp, along with being the first benefit corp BDC in the country.
0: Yeah, yeah, these are exciting milestones. Well, uh, Michael, I want to thank you for, for explaining this exciting new concept to us. Before Before we go, I want to just touch a couple of personal things to get some insight into you as an entrepreneur as a and one who is so socially minded so uh, it
2: first it, tell us who you look up to who's your role model i would say the the mentor who was in fact a mentor to me that i considered to be one of the most remarkable businessmen who also is just a, an incredible human being very spiritual human being is a professor out of Harvard by the name of Clayton Christensen and Clayton Christensen, um, uh, given where you live in, in the Utah area, I'm sure that you're well aware of him. And, uh, in fact, uh, I was just reading today that, um, he's been voted by many of the top business leaders out there as probably the top management guru in the country. And, uh, so, um, you know, I, um, uh, Learned from the feet of the master you might say here in terms of his business concepts which we've applied in the development of our whole system yeah. and just as a human being um just I, I just can't think more highly of somebody than i do of clayton christensen
0: yeah i uh, i had a moment with him about 90 days ago i saw him in an airport and i went running up to him and just said i i have to have to meet you and shake your hand because you're you're my hero so i get I get what you're talking about. Great man, author of The Innovator's Dilemma. Correct. That's what sort of made him famous, and obviously he's done a lot since, but uh, really a remarkable human being. Great, great example. Now, Michael, why are you focused on social impact?
2: It comes from the heart, Devin, that – as long as I can remember as a businessman, that, you know, the uh, issues of um, serving humanity has been something deep to me, which is why I was saying about uh, Clay, that I know that's something that drives him deeply as well. And um, that for me, um, when I discovered business in college, that uh, I fell in love with, and I said, okay, that's my area of service. And uh, so, that uh, to be able to apply that. So, I was one of the first entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley that was advocating sustainability and triple bottom line back in the 90s before folks, you know, even had an idea what it was and was writing about it then, et cetera. Yeah. So, it's, uh, you know, I, I can't say where it comes from the heart. I mean, where does it come from your heart to be so, you know, driven to, to go down this direction? It's just, it's there. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Well,
0: Michael, one last question. How can, you know, from your experience, you've been doing this a while. You've had some incredible impact. How do we have more impact? I want to ask you for an impact hack, something that we can replicate that you do.
2: Well, if some, I I can't necessarily address other fields because I'm, you know, just so enveloped with the, the business world as my my passion space. But um, I, you know, you asked me that question in an email, and I reflected on it, and uh, that what I found for me is that um, there was sort of a two-pronged element that comes forward for me that I would use as a suggestion to others, and that is that I found that the um, uh, things that I wanted to try and do resulted from my focusing on trying to ask the right question what is the problem that i'm trying to solve and by focusing on that i found that answers came forward and you know presented themselves and that became particularly potent when i said and how can i do this so devon and i or anybody else can have a equally win-win situation that always asking how can i structure this so that um, I'm doing it so I could be on both sides of the table and be just as happy in in being on the other side of the the transaction. And I use those two elements to drive what I've done in my business. And that's what I would encourage others. If you ask the question, how can I um, put something together that is a benefit to you know my colleague sitting across the table from me and me equally? That's that's the key that I found.
0: Fantastic. Well, Michael, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. We appreciate your uh, your insights. We're excited about your your BDC concept and wish you luck with that. Before you go, tell people how they can engage with you and learn more about what you're doing.
2: Well, um, I believe uh, on the web on the uh, screen there should be my uh, website which is commonwealthgroup.net. That's our consulting firm that has formed Commonwealth Capital and will be providing information about Commonwealth Capital from that site shortly. It's also, if you go to the contact page, you can get a hold of me or go to my LinkedIn page and you can reach me, uh, reach out to me that way as well. Fantastic. Well, Michael, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us. We we wish you success with your BDC plan. Thank you. And I want to congratulate you on the wonderful work you do, Devin. It's just, you know, it's wonderful to deal with people like you in this world. Thank you for your effort too. Well, thank you. You're
0: very kind. Now, let's do some
2: good absolutely let's go thank you
0: at the intersection of financial services and social media gate global impact GGI uses new market infrastructure to facilitate investments in organizations that deliver a societal environmental and or a cause related benefit in addition to a financial return Regardless of company size or business challenge, clients count on Curtin McConkey to solve problems, help realize opportunities, and provide high-caliber legal and business thinking without breaking their legal budgets.
1: Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devin hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur, or other change-maker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognised thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.